can't hear you, mate. Oh, Jack, for fuck's sake. <laughs> mate, you're, you're muted. You're muted. He's not muted, though. It doesn't say he's muted. I'll mute him. Oh, dear. Unmute yourself. There you are. <laughs> this is a disaster, lads. Oh, no. Jack, turn oh. your... Turn your thing off and on on the on the settings. You see, this is really funny. Oh. There we are. Five weeks later into the county cricket season, plenty of stuff happening, plenty to discuss, and we are back. Charlie Peters and Ed Farrer joining me, Jack Butler, for Barest of Margin season two. Don't all speak at once. Are we excited? Yes, very much so, very much so. You know, big early season nerves, you know. Like I say, you don't want to be early the first one to get out at 10.59am before the season's technically even started. You don't want to be that guy, but we haven't mm. because we're, if anything, late. So we're fine, you know. We're still yeah. not out. We're not out. Yeah, exactly. I, I we are We are not out. Talking of first ballers, I had my first net about three weeks ago. Uh, so I haven't batted about battered about what 18 months since what 2019 when charlie was the final bowler to to deliver yeah. something oh, so i go back first net at twyford and ruskin cricket club shout out get ready i had to do some fielding beforehand which is terrible so first ball of the season standing there ready in swinging yorker and what i reckon about 60 65 mile an hour flush on the big, flush on the big <laughs> left toe <laughs> Yeah, it felt quick. Game over. Game over. Toe, and uh, it, I was, wasn't able to walk for two weeks. Uh, so, great cool. start to cricket season. Off for 60 mile an hour delivery. That well, is okay, British cricket. I, I, like, I was trying to understate <laughs> it. Because, like, I, don't, I, I didn't want to say like 75 mile an hour, 80 mile an hour. And you yeah. guys were like, what are you about? Okay, it was high 60s. I hit two fours and then snicked straight to gully. But, yeah. you know. That's, it runs that's, on the board. That's how you work back off. On the board. Which is not really what you want when you're opening the baton. Especially when you've got to pay six pounds, no tees, and you filled at fine leg for 40 overs. So it's a bit of a shit afternoon once you're out in the like, third over. Um, but yeah, cricket is back. That's the important shit. Um, county cricket season. The pros. Five weeks in. Been some nice cricket going on across the country a lot of rain few rain delays few teams doing all right ed who shone in april for you for me it has to be the nottinghamshire and oh, nottinghamshire jesus christ the nottinghamshire should we start again ed this is a lot it's all right it's, it's first week nerves it's okay you've got to back yourself in you know don't go straight for the six just knock a few singles around relax don't it's gonna be okay track. don't come down don't the come down the track Stevens. we've learned this it's just moving a little bit away from you, says the non-striker. It's going to be okay. Um, county cricket side of the season in April so far, Ed? It has to be Nottinghamshire for me. Not because they've been especially good, even though they are top of their group. It's because they had their first win in Red Bull cricket in over a thousand yes. days. I did not realise how long they had gone. I don't think any of us realised how long they had gone. Well, as a Leicestershire fan, I suffered about, nine, I think it was 964 days we went without mm. a win in the county championship. And I did not realise that Nottinghamshire had gone longer somehow. I know they had that awful Division 1 campaign in 2019, dreadful last year and that truncated season. And really, obviously, I, I didn't have much success in between that. And 
yeah, I didn't realize how long it had been. So that win for them obviously was absolutely huge. And for me, that's all that's all that really needed. Beating Warwickshire, who, you know, let's be honest. Oh no, they didn't beat Warwickshire, they lost to Warwickshire. God, that's embarrassing. I'm not sure I can give them the win. <laughs> Sorry, beating was it Essex in the end? Beating yeah. Essex was a Essex. huge win for them. They, they didn't just they didn't just beat Essex, Ed. They they trounced them. They thrashed, they destroyed Essex. It was pretty embarrassing. They won um, by an innings point, runs. They won by an innings. Yeah. Despite Shane Slater taking seven wickets in one innings and still yeah. lost by innings. Disgusting. It's beautiful Steve county cricket. Imagine taking, he took seven for 98. Imagine taking seven for 98 and your team's still losing by an innings. That's, and second, that's what it's about. And only second first loss of Essex, no less, as well. Big up Shane Slater. Yeah, good lad. He's been playing well. But yeah, that's 117 from Stephen Mullane. You're really powering them through. And then obviously uh, they beat Derby Shearer as well. So Nottinghamshire haven't actually been that good at all. They're just top of their group because uh, the rest of the group have been drawing loads of games. But that huge moment of winning a game after over a thousand days for me does it. Because I remember Lewis Hill hitting the, the winning runs as Leicestershire came over that hill. So a big, big respect to Nottinghamshire. And also, yeah, it's good to see Hamid, former England opener, start to score some runs. I believe he had one of the longest innings in first-class domestic history in England a few weeks ago. He's been scoring some runs. That's great. So mainly for Hasib Hamid, but also for Nottinghamshire's success in, in this you know, over a thousand-day wait has been huge. So congratulations to Nottinghamshire, my team so far. Um, Charlie, the rival Nottinghamshire, who have you gone for? Well, I've got two options here. I'm going to give a shout out to Warwickshire, a team I don't like that much because their team on paper makes no sense. They are inferior blend of youth and experience. I use both of those terms very, very lightly because their experience is Danny Briggs and Craig Miles for some reason. Um, Don't diss Danny Briggs. There's something about Warwickshire that is wrong. Danny Briggs, a player who I've admired for many, many a year now, uh, instantly goes to Warwickshire and suddenly becomes a shadow of himself. Um, they're just one of the most nothing teams on paper that you can think of. Craig Miles, Liam Norwell, Rob Yates, fucking Will Rhodes is the captain. No respect to Will Rhodes, but he's like, they're all very... You do realise you're picking out your, your... This is meant to be like positive. This is yes, your... Yes, your... Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> yeah. Despite I'm the fact for the all, Despite the fact that all the Don't get Tim Bresnan as well. Tim Bresnan, sorry. Yeah, again, like Tim Bresnan, you know, great player. And who is, can but... forget Oliver Halland will be. <laughs> all these plans are proving my point now. They're all like, you know, either over the hill or a little bit run of the mill, right? They're all, you know, mm. solid county pros. There's nothing spectacular about any of these guys. Despite mm. this, they are top of the table, have been... Second, second. Are they second now? They're second <laughs> behind Nottinghamshire. Right, okay, my mistake. Anyway, so they're, they're second now. Um, but until, I think, this round, they were top. Um, they've been arguably the team to beat in that group. Um, from what I've seen, obviously, I follow Essex. And having seen them play, they were comprehensively the better side against Essex, who dominated for a while. So whatever they're doing, it's somehow working against all of the odds. However, they are not my team of the season so far because I can never give it to Warwickshire. It's going to be Worcestershire. And the reason is is that they are third now, I believe, in the table. Second until the other day, despite not having won a single game this entire <laughs> tournament. I, I believe played uh, six, I think it is, and drawn all six, uh, which is absolutely astonishing. Also, 
I'd like to point out to you their wonderful bowling attack. Right. So in most of the games so far this season, they've fielded a bowling attack uh, of Ed Bernard, nice. Alzari Joseph, Charlie Morris, and Dylan Pennington. Is that not the most beautiful team attack you've ever seen in all your life? So it's got to be Worcestershire. They had Josh Tong today as well for Dylan, for Dylan Pennington. So Even better. Beautiful. Look at that. Ed has gone with North, Nottinghamshire. Charlie, were you going with Warwickshire or Worcestershire? I'm going with Worcestershire. I can never go with Warwickshire. Worcestershire. Both picking teams from that group, to be fair. I mean, I... whilst we're talking about county cricket, because we didn't do a preview, so let me come back to this. What is going on with the fact that there's two winners of this tournament? Yeah, this is no one's discussing this. No one's discussing this. No one's like pointed this out until I think you, I think one of us, there was a tweet or something, but there's no one talking about it, writing about it at all. There's two winners of the same competition. This is generally like, I know it's a community shield, which is the closest thing we could think of it coming to, but you win the groups, decide which group you go into, and if you win the top group, you win the county championship. But the top two teams in the county championship play a five-day match at Lords to win the Bob Willis Trophy, which yeah. is sort of like a cup game. But basically, it means there's two winners of the same competition. It's a nightmare. And I, my dad turned 52 the other day, so I think we need to contextualise this. But we were having an argument about this during round one of the fixtures. And he was saying, it makes perfect sense, Ed. It makes perfect sense to have two winners because it's separate things. Well, it's not a separate thing. Well, it's not a separate thing. Yeah. You can't say, like, the two top teams in this go to fight for another trophy and say it's a separate competition. He's like, hey, this is like the Champions League. It's not the fucking Champions League. <laughs> it's not the Champions League. It's not the fucking Champions League. It's, it's, it's the like, same tournament. It's the and same why, league. It's like the top four league. just playing each other. And this is the problem. I mean, I suppose it's like the playoffs, but you don't go anywhere, do you? So it just seems yeah. like a weird... It's like they should have just done it where the top two play a final. And that's yeah. the winner of the county uh, championship. Be, yeah, be, I agree. It's, it's cricket's problem. Is it's, it's also Somerset's problem. Because they always complain that they get beaten by poor luck or by deductions of points because they create unfair pitches or all of that. Moment. Oh, Somerset are winning the Bob Willis Trophy somehow. It's, this, is, this is the issue. But the, but the, cricket has this horrible thing with fairness. Like, how could we possibly come top of the group and not win the final? It's so unfair. You know, like, if you came first in this whole group stage, you should be able to win the final. I, I hate this fact that like counties like well it'd be brutally unfair for us to like come top of the table and not yeah. win it. I don't get it. It, it you can't what happens to two winners then you don't really there's no winner like oh I came top of the group stage it, I suppose the winner no would be the winner will be the, the team that finishes top won't it and then it would just be a case of whoever wins the Bob Willis trophy wins it but it's a, weir- it's, it's a weird it's a weird one it's like when a, this whole summer has been designed to make cricket simpler They've created quite a complicated competition for the longer form. But anyway, let's jump on. Um, I'm going to give the points to Ed because Nottinghamshire registered their first win in a thousand days. Is Ed now? So you take two points for the first round. Um, let's jump on to Joffre Archer's return, which was a lovely sight over the last couple of weeks down in Hove. Um, played a bit of second 11 cricket last week, uh, first 11 cricket now, and picked up two wickets in pretty much the only cricket that's going on today. Present county player that you would like to see face a over six balls from Joffrey Archer. So I'm going to go with newly appointed PCA vice chairman Anuj Dahl of Derbyshire. <laughs> because Anuj Dahl... <laughs> Well, no disrespect intended to the guy. He's one of the funniest batsmen I've ever seen play. Anuj Dahl, you know, is... Like, I've seen Anuj Dahl look spooked by the bowling of Ryan Tendaskata. Um, 
a, a bowler who, <laughs> again, no respect to Randy Nascarsa. I love Chando, but his bowling in, in, in his forces now is not the most lethal stuff ever. Um, and yeah, he's been spooked by the likes of, again, Aaron Nijar, you know, a tidy spinner, but nothing special, right? Anand Dahl against the 90 plus miles per hour um, pace of Jofra Archer. Uh, on a fiery pitch at Chesterfield. Oof, that would be interesting to see. I believe it would. I believe it would. Ed, who are you going for? Well, look, it would have been the, the obvious answer would have been to pick someone who looks like a rabbit under the headlights, one of the lower order guys who backs away and tries to skive everything to the offside uh, against 80 miles. Like a Reese top, like a like a Reese Topley, something yeah. like that. Reese Topley showed off a couple of shots playing for England. So let's not disrespect that. But I mean, the commentator did call him the worst batsman in county cricket as <laughs> he walked out onto the pitch. Fair. They were like, they were, one of the commentators was like, Cam Reese Topley batting. He was like, he's probably the worst batsman in county cricket. I was like, that's really what you want when you're walking out, the team needing four off two. Having watched Leicestershire County Cricket Club for a decade, I can tell you he is not the worst batsman I have, I have seen. If he was playing in Leicestershire 2016 side, he's probably batting six. But that would have been the obvious answer, right? Would have been to say a lower order batsman. But I decided what would be the most entertaining, enjoyable uh, matchup to watch would be a matchup that is sadly, sadly impossible because it would be against a, a, a county championship teammate in Delray Rawlins. Delray Rawlins has, has been one of those players who's captured the imagination of cricket fans all over the world um, for his, his ability in T20 cricket, firstly, to not care about the situation, the delivery, or anything that's happening, and just try and whack every delivery into the stands. And he brings that kind of a counter-attacking energy to the county championship. He plays his shots, and watching him face an over of Jofra Archer would be incredible. We don't know where the ball's mm. going. It could go anywhere. The, the over could go for 16, or he could be out first ball. The, the entertainment aspect of it, the unpredictability of it, the fact that anything could happen would be unbelievable. So I'd love to see that match up in actual T20 cricket. I don't know when Delray is going to get his first franchise contract. I'd, I'd love to see him in the IPL hopefully soon. But that opportunity to watch those two face off would be incredible. And I think anyone at Sussex who's seen that in the Nets is very lucky. You'll um, see it. Oh no, they're both at the Southern Brave, aren't they? Um, yeah, so that's the issue. Yeah, you won't. Yeah, they're both playing for the Southern. I mean, I think speaking of Delroy Rawlins, the hundreds a massive competition for him as someone who's not quite on the franchise circuit. And if he has a good hundred, um, probably will break into it. But yeah, Charlie, jump in. Yeah, I just want to add on the. No, I, I love Delroy Rawlins. I think he's one of my favourite players to watch. He just he just has that. Mm. It's possible to define something about him. That kind of yeah. Fire. He 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 he. Um, Sussex were. I think they were like 22 for four or something. And he snicked his fourth ball to slip with a big on drive, with a big off drive, like huge, full, expansive drive. And any other cricketer, you'd be like, why the fuck have you done that? Like, there you're just like, that's what he does. Like, take it out and leave it. And you're like, yeah, I can justify it. I don't mind. Anyone else, if like, I don't know, like Aaron Thompson had done it or something, you'd be like, what a knob. But like, <laughs> Daryl Rollins does it. You go, nah, he's just expressing himself, man. It's just what he does. Yeah, no, it, loose, it was. He's such a loose cannon. But my favorite thing about yeah, Delroy Rawlings is that whenever he plays against Essex and whenever Graham Gooch is on the commentary, he always calls him uh, either Ray Rawlings or my personal favourite, um, Del um, Delroy Railings. <laughs> Delroy Railings. <laughs> Amazing. He's such a good player, though, and I think obviously yeah, he's, he's a great player. Obviously, he's. he's um, I don't know if he, he plays a bit for Bermuda, but I don't know what his 
his deal as well. But if I think if he yeah he, uh, he's international for Bermuda yeah yeah if he'd have if he'd have I guess stuck in the Caribbean and was playing in the Caribbean T20 leagues, I think he'd be a franchise player all over the world. I do because I I think he'd score a load of runs in those competitions and very quickly. And he's got that kind of you know that swagger as a T20 batsman, the ability to yeah, play yeah. all the shots. He bowls some. He's also useful spin. Well. Yeah, his spin's decent. Yeah. If yeah, he he's definitely to... very much used as a second spinner for Sussex at the moment. He'll um, take up from Briggs in the T20 as the left arm spinner, I think. He's yeah, 100%. That yeah, ability. Yeah. And if he was to play you know, if he was to play in a more marketable league, I think he'd have contracts already because having that middle-order dasher who can come up and down the order, very good against spin, and is destructive against all kinds of bowling, frankly, and having that, you know, that option, he's got... I think let's whisper it quietly. He's just a better Fabian Allen. And Fabian Allen is being bought for a lot of money everywhere for some reason. Mm. So Delray will get his chance. No, I think the hundred's a big one, like I said before for him in the summer, in terms of the fact that he can not just score runs against a pretty average kind of county championship seam attack, but he'll be facing some of the best bowlers. If he like takes one of them for, I mean, what is it? five ball overs so if you take anyone for kind of north of 20 that's going to be some sort of kind of thing that he's showing um like you said his spin's good i'm gonna to have to go do you know why because you took the question you thought about it in a different way i like that that's barrister margins superb didn't just go for the tail ender thought about the entertainment stunning stuff like if, I knew was a, if i knew there was a past element to it though i would have gone down anymore on some because it's just it's just right there and I likewise yeah Chris Martin or Phil, I would have gone. I, I would have gone Phil Tufnell. Yeah, legend. Good one. Classic. Lots of good options. Phil Tufnell, Faye would be unbelievable. That would be un- uh, incredible. Um, but Ed, you lead three nil into the third one. The IPL talking about franchise cricket. Unfortunately, the IPL was cancelled due to the escalating stuff going on with coronavirus um, over there. Definitely the right decision to cancel the competition. I think we're all in agreement with that. Um, if you're looking at it from just a cricket point of view, I mean, do you reckon they'll be able to get it in at some point in this calendar? Because it's going to be um, really the only position to do it is as a, it would become sort of a warm up for the um, T20 World Cup. The BCCI I think- can do anything. They can, yeah, that's the thing. They'll make it? it happen if they want it to happen. They'll make it happen. Like no, it, nothing else ha- matters. If they want the IPL to happen, the IPL will happen. It's a force of nature. Mm. Charlie, yeah, like I, I think if anything is ever going to happen from this situation, it's going to be the IPL. It, it's obviously one of those marketable cricket tournaments. There is, you know, it's such a massive cash cow. People love it all over the world. If I can see them yeah. slaughtering it in somehow, even if it is quite truncated, if they cut the group stage in half somehow, just to you know, rattle it through to get they, it through. They, want, they yeah. want it to be finished. Yeah, 100%. No questions about that. Um, with the IPL, there's not much to talk about, so we're going to bring it wider to franchise cricket. The worst franchise teams, there's been some corkers down the years. Let's start with you, Ed. I know you're passionate about this subject. What is the worst franchise team there has ever been? Yeah, so this is, this is the subject of a new um, written series I'm doing on my blog. I'm going through the stories behind some of the worst teams in franchise cricket. And there are some absolutely beautiful ones out there. I know in the IPL, especially my Pune Warriors, India, the Big Bash, um, there are so many awful T20 teams out there. But I decided to stick with a non-franchise and go with the worst, I think, the worst 
county cricket T20 side of all time, 2018 Daniel Vittori led Middlesex. They went 2 and 12 during the 2018 season, Middlesex did. And look, there have been teams who've gone, who've gone with no wins, but Middlesex were so bad, in my opinion, because they promised so much. They had uh, in, on their books, right? Tom Helm. They had Ashton Agar, who'd really broken through at that point. DJ Bravo mm. was playing for them. And yet, they were by far the worst team who consistently, consistently got annihilated. Here are some highlights on their season, right? Uh, during that 2018 season, and they uh, finished rock bottom of the South Division with a re- net run rate of one, minus 1.128. Uh, they conceded 229 for eight against Somerset at Taunton, despite Tom Barber taking three wickets in and over in the power play. Uh, they conceded 98 off the power play. Allowing I was there for this. I yeah. was there for this. Or for the Surrey game. Yeah, this was conceded. one of the best T20 games I ever watched. Yeah, because yeah, Paul Sterling got 100 yeah. and everyone was like, they've put, and Surrey chased 222 for one. Yeah, like they, li- they were 98 there. for none off, um, off, power play. Off, the, off the power play. Yeah. So Jason Roy, I've just got the scorecard up from that game. Jason Roy fell for 194 for one in the 14th over. Yeah. And it was ridiculous. It was, it was one of the craziest games I've ever watched in my life. It was mental. Yeah. But also, Owen Morgan got run out for a duck, sorry, for, for without facing a ball. And that, that was stunning as well. Yeah, and this that you've watched, you've seen how bad this Middlesex attack was. This was a Middlesex attack that was so bad that Ian Cobain made 123 off 61 deliveries against them. This attack was awful. They went down the five bowler strategy, which is my least favourite strategy in all of cricket, and it was a disaster. They rotated their bowling so much because it was going so badly that James Fuller was the only frontline bowler to play all 14 games, and it was a disaster. Here are some, here are some the, the statistics of the bowlers quickly. Uh, out of the nine bowlers that bowled more than 20 overs in the tournament, only Tom Helm and DJ Bravo conceded under nine runs and over, uh, going at 8.81 and 8.91 respectively. James Fuller went at 10.82 runs and over. Ashenegar went at 9.5 runs and over. Uh, no Tom, respect on Ashenegar's name. Respect. Respect on Ashenegar. He's an all-rounder. He's an all-rounder. Tom Barber went at 12.4 runs and over in the seven games he played. For the whole season, he went at two a ball. Yeah, 12.4. And then James Harris, of course, the worst T20 bowler in the county circuit, went at 9.91 runs and over. This bowling attack was full of right-arm seamers who had nothing to their game. They bowled on their length and teams feasted upon them. Ash Nagar got destroyed, Nathan Salter got destroyed, everyone got destroyed. And even though Paul Sterling was obviously a beast and James Fuller turned into quite a good batsman for some reason, they got annihilated. I think this is the worst T20 bowling attack ever put out in domestic cricket. Let's just say James Harris, right, uh, Ashton Agar, Tom Barber, uh, James Fuller, and let's say... Oh, let's say Stephen Finn. I think that is the worst T20 attack ever put out. They got annihilated, annihilated every single week. Daniel Vittori was sacked after going two and twelve. 
it was a disaster. And as we all know, Daniel Vittori is a dreadful T20 coach. And he put out a dreadful T20 unit that, as we saw, got annihilated at every turn. That Surrey game was just one aspect of how bad this bowling attack was. Jack saw it live. Beyond anything, this is the by far, by far, the worst domestic T20 side we have ever seen. Big Aaron Finch smashed 117 off 52 in that game. Um, Charlie, rivaling middle six of 2018, who have you gone for? Well, I've taken a little bit more of a holistic approach to this question, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Lovely stuff. Yeah, okay. So I love a holistic approach. Me too, yeah, it's good. Thinking outside the mm, box. Very holistic. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what, what I'm thinking is that to define a franchise in my books, right, is, is, is a team that's had, let's say, a, a large quantity of external financial backing for example right sure. and you know there's you know an external financial incentive to to this team um and in particular i think if you look at the existence of the stanford super series in 2008 uh where essentially always come back to the stanford super look, series hear me out here right pretty much every single team in this tournament because of the investment of sir alan stanford every side in this tournament was essentially a franchise right because of the way sure. it operated yeah so, therefore, this implies that the England side of this tournament were a franchise. And I'm going to say that, that team, the England Standard Super Series squad um, of 2008, is the worst franchise of all time. And let me talk you through why I think this is. First of Please all, possibly, so possibly the starting point to where I thought things started to go wrong for the English franchise here. They only beat... Middlesex, right? Middlesex, the county Middlesex. Which is the England team. The only team they beat were Middlesex. They beat Middlesex, yes. They beat Middlesex by just 12 runs. Um, And let me talk you through the Middlesex squad, um, the the, the side that they put out here, because there's some real doozies in here. Okay, so um, they open up with Andrew Strauss and Neil Carter, um, who scored... 11 of 27 <laughs> opening the batting. Andrew Strauss yeah. got 8 of 12. Uh, Ed That's Joyce proper county three. cricket, that is. 8 of 12 is the most... <laughs> if you were going to sum up like a test player playing T20 cricket, it would be 8 of 12. It just would be 8 of 12. <laughs> it's so good. Um, Ed, Joyce came in at, Ed Joyce comes in at 3 and steps up a little bit. He scores 33 of 39. Um, great knock. Um, I'm about to include a young Owen Morgan uh, who scores four of seven before getting out to Stuart Broad. Um, Who's scoring at like a lower run rate than 100? Yes. Um, Neil Dexter comes in at seven. Uh, got Ben Scott, the keeper, Sean Udall, Tim Murta. This of is course. the kind of team we're talking about here. Tim Murta's Udall... been playing for Middlesex in 1982, around forever, bless him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, England got 100. Years. England against this side could only muster 121 for four. Yes. Um, let me talk to you about T20s. So they opened up with Ian Bell and Matt Pryor. Um, that, was when, that was when they didn't quite get... The, you, the thing that I love about England's T20 and ODI side in about kind of 2008 to 2000, probably just before Owen Morgan stepped in, that period was they were so close to getting it right. But the, when you think about like Ian Bell and Matt Pryor, the mindset is there of we can't open, like in the longer form, we can't open with traditional openers. So let's open with like, but they just picked the, they were so close to getting it right. Like putting an attacking wicketkeeper batsman up the top with sort of a, someone that can take it over. But they just, it was so close. They still somehow balls it up. Yeah, I would say there's a game where they got closer in some ways and even further in other ways. This is the Trinidad-Tobago game where England won by just one run. 
against Trinidad and Tobago. Again, that opening partnership of Ian Bell, who scores a 37 or 41, delicious run rate there. Uh, and Matty Pryor, 4 off 10, great knock again. Yeah, um, 4 get, off 10. Then we get an engine room in the, the top order here. This is great, right? Stanley Patel at 3, O.A. Shah at 4, KP at 5, and Andrew Flintoff at 6. But then it gets better because they've decided we need some depth in this attack. We've got some Isn't bowlers. It? We've got some bowlers here. So, Collingwood at 7. Yeah, this is at eight. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Alistair Cook. <laughs> yeah, it was when they penciled Alistair Cook in at nine. Yeah, I knew there was one where they penciled him at like eight or nine. Beautiful yeah. stuff. Uh, England only won this game by one run. And then we get to the final of the San Francisco. Do you know State what I mean? Where... Like where they were so close with getting it right, but no yeah. one quite could register, even at the highest level of cricket, that if Alistair Cook is batting at nine in a T20, <laughs> we might as well pick another bowler. Like no one could quite get their heads around it. <laughs> Then we get they must the have just clicked. They must have, Owen Morgan must have just walked into the meeting and go, this is what I want to do. And they've gone, holy shit, this Irish kid, he's good. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so mad. Like, if you generally think, like, if you were taking the piss of an England team and you penciled Alistair Cook in at nine, like, for, for generally, like, high-level professional athletes with all the data and all the information, to someone generally put that, that team out and be, like, happy with themselves... I think it's that mad. Was a big part of it, though, was that they, they needed Cook for the... He wasn't, like, a big part of the two-side, apart from the fact... He was a specialist fielder. Specialist fielder. No, he was there for the marketing. Exactly. He was the big yeah. name. So, like, for the Stanford Super Series, like, they obviously brought him in because he was the big name. So, I think that was a big reason why he was there. Mm, Which, again, proves my point. This England team is very much operating as a franchise. You know, the marketing of this tournament is very crucial. But then, peak England 2008 in the Super Series. England versus the Stanford superstars, essentially the West Indies. They are England are bowl out batting first for 99 um, after 19.5 overs at run rate of 4.99. The great innings all round. Uh, top score of Samit Patel, uh, who scored 22 of 24 before being run out by Chris Gale, uh, which was a great, <laughs> great fucking innings there. Uh, and the superstars knocked this off. Um, inside 13 overs, 101 for naught. Chris Gale and Arnold Fletcher completely annihilating England's uh, wonderful bowling attack of Harmis and Broad, Flintoff, Patel, Collingwood, and Swan. Um, I think. Crime Swan, huge. He bowled one over. I think this is pretty much the worst franchise team you can ever think of. Just impeccably terrible thinking all round. Charlie, you've a uh, beautiful storytelling as well. And. Ed, I'm sorry, but you can't compete with England from the Stanford Super Series. You just can't. No, I'm not sure they were a franchise, but I will accept if it's any team that bad, I think is, is where I was. Well, to be fair, I asked for franchises. You picked Middlesex and Charlie picked England. If we're going down that route of what is a franchise, um, Charlie, you take the points. So um, that puts you onto one. So Ed, you lead. 3-1 as we go into cricketing news. What have you gone for? Any news from the sphere of cricket? So this was a good one. Actually, this is something that was announced today, uh, just, just before I had my lunch break. Do you guys remember Indian spin bowler legend and all-round big guy Ramesh Power? I love him. What a great player. What Ramesh a Power was a fabulous off-spinner. And that's a big issue with cricket actually there's one big this is a this completely separate issue there's a big issue in cricket right that you can barely ever see 
could barely ever see any highlights or, or stuff of old players. And you, I, I looked for ages to try and find Ramesh Power bowling and you couldn't find him. It was dreadfully sad. Anyway, he was a remember as uh, a guy who played a few times for India in white ball cricket. He was known for being quite a, a big lad, a big boy. He had a bit of extra weight that he carried around with him. Uh, he was a very good off spinner who played a bit of IPL cricket. I think he finished with the Cocky Tusters Kerala, which is a great team for him to finish with. He has been announced as the head coach of the India women's team, which he's actually returning to because he was head coach in 2018 before he was let go because Mitali Raj, the captain at the time, did not like him one bit. Now I believe Mitali Raj has retired, I think, so he's back in. And it is a great dawn for, for the Indian women's team because Ramesh Power... Incredible cricketer, also a very good coach. All of the players liked him, apart from Mitali Raj, who complained at him, uh, I believe complained publicly at him because he was a terrible coach and she called him sorts of names. But apparently the reason that was is because she demanded midway through the, a tournament they were playing in that she be given the opener spot or she would retire. And Ramesh Kaur <laughs> was like, no. So all of the other players, I think Smitty Mandana, they all liked him. Um, but obviously, Mitley Raj didn't. He, he got let go. But he's back now. Ramesh Power, king, off-spinner, India women's coach. Great news for the game. Lovely stuff for the game. I mean, what big energy. He's opened the batting with big me. Energy. He was a good spinner. I think people like... People, because we can't see like highlights of him anymore or like game footage, people are like, ah, oh, ha, funny fat off spinner. But actually, he was like, he was quite a good player in his prime. Like playing mm. for India in one day international cricket as a spinner is tough. And he was quite a good one. If the IPL had happened like three or four years earlier, he'd have been a much bigger star, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, saw, I saw him play at Chelmsford uh, many years ago for uh, India versus Essex tourist game um and Chelmsford back in those days really wasn't the most uh, spin friendly of pitches but he looked quite dangerous he had um, a young Mark Patini and all sorts of jeopardy he was canny though he was canny like early on in white ball cricket was able to like you know he wasn't a big turner of the ball he didn't put a great deal of energy and but he was very canny and he he was one of those really clever off spinners I suppose the Indian James Treadwell is the best way of descri describing him. But he was, a, he was a very, very good player. I'm delighted he's back within, back within the coaching ranks. Because uh, frankly, any time without Ramesh Power in, in the big leagues is, is too long for me. So The big leagues. The big leagues. <laughs> um, Charlie, what have you gone for to rival um, India women's new coach? Well, I've been reveling in a bit of T20 nostalgia lately. Um, the been Stanford born. Super Series wasn't enough. No, I said that wasn't enough. Um, this has kind of been in part brought on by the launch of the new Essex Eagles T20 Blast Trip, which is a wonderful oh, throwback. Do check out if you've not seen it. Show. It's based on, I believe, uh, a yellow, red and blue strip from the 90s, I think, that there's a picture of Ronnie Rani wearing it. It is quality. The new one is, is with the long sleeves especially, it is wonderful. Um, and the collar, isn't it? They've got the collar back. Yes. Was it based yeah, on the one with the collar? Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally based on a particular one from like 95, 96 or something. It is. But like, it's slightly... Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. It looks awesome. It's so it nice. It does look pretty good, to be fair. Um, so yeah, and on, on my mind a lot recently has been the idea of classic, like, British cricket white ball nostalgia. Um, and this has never been more uh, relevant to me than right now because 
the Hampshire have announced that they are returning uh, to their old original white ball name. And in the blast, they'll be known as, yet again, the Hampshire Hawks. The Hawks are back. Uh, I really? Believe, yes, they're now going to be the Hampshire Hawks. Oh, yeah, Hawks. they are. The Hampshire so these, Hawks are back. These will be the Hawks until I think about 2009, 10, around then, maybe uh, at which point they changed because they had a, a new partnership with the Rajasthan Royals and they became the Hampshire Royals for a while. Uh, then that partnership ended and they completely sacked it off and just went to Hampshire. But now they've gone back to the Hampshire Hawks again, which I'm very excited about. I think every team should have a, a retro like um, a retro name in the blast. Agreed. Middlesex Panthers was a, was a good one. Um, <laughs> Not the other was it the Surrey, that was dodgy. It's the Surrey Brown Caps, wasn't it? Is it the Surrey Brown Caps? Yeah. As, as much as the Surrey Brown kit was fucking vile, I do think it should come back just for the bands. Yeah, Middlesex was dodgy, wasn't it? Because they had to change from the Crusaders to the Panthers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Panthers was good. But then also, like, the, the Birmingham Bears, very solid. But this- Kent Spitfires is your proper kind of OG. if you were going to say what team does someone who opposes the 100 support you'd say they support the kent spitfires 100 yeah. percent. but that the, is like the most anti t20 t20 name you can get it's lovely stuff the problem so Hawks it is isn't it is that they're gonna it's like in two years they will be the hampshire night riders and we have to be prepared for that so no. can it be the hampshire royals and the Hampshire Royals becoming the Hampshire Knight Riders would be a huge, it would be a huge, shift. huge turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the partnership with the Rajasthan Royals then? Did they just Shane Warne? Yeah, like, pretty Shane much. Warne. Yeah, <laughs> Shane Warne and, and Dimi Mascarena. <laughs> Mental, yeah. that wonderful Mental stuff. Yeah, I think that was around the time when they were, they they were attempting to do some. 2010 kind of to 2013, they became the the Hampshire Royals. Yeah. Yeah, I think around that time, they were really easy to be in the BCCI. We were really trying to have some a lot of cross-promotional stuff. Because I remember around that time, I think it might be 2009, I think, they, they launched the Anglo-Indian Cup, which is essentially the winner of the Blast versus the winner of the IPL would play each other at a match at Lords. I went to see the inaugural one, Rajasthan Roars versus Middlesex. Uh, it was an absolutely fucking diabolical game of cricket. It was the most like early T20 game of cricket you'll ever see in your life. Fucking Tyrone Henderson trundling in at seven last an hour <laughs> against Justin Langer walking out number seven for some reason. It was just terrible stuff all around. But uh, I remember Gareth, they were playing some very loud banger music during the during the years and Gareth Berg's like doing a dance to a swear like this. Just like the music. It was yeah, it was it was very uh, T twenty. But my point is that like around that time there was a lot of like cross promotion between Indian and mm. English T twenty cricket. And I think it tied into that, but it didn't go very well. But the Hampshire Hawks are back. Um, lovely stuff, Charlie. Um, take another point for that beautiful stuff. Sorry, Ed. Lovely. We love the the actual news, but rebrands. We're that's what we're all about on this show. We know full well that a good rebrand can change how good you are at cricket. Hassi Pamid, new haircut, new cricketer. Hampshire Hawks rebrand. Could it be their year? James Vince. Yes, it could be. Charlie. Uh, one point to three two. Um, Ed, that means you win the toss as now we've worked this format out in series two. Um, Critting unpopular is for the win. Would you like to go first or second? Firstly, does this mean that I've won the uh, Barest of Margins Championship, but now the Barest of Margins Trophy is at stake? Is exactly, that Ed. And do you know what that is? That's a callback. That's a really good callback from you. Really nice work. Um, but I'll do answer my question, though. I'll bat second. You're about second. Your one is this. 
Darren Stevens' first-class career should be rewarded with a one-off test against New Zealand this summer. Yeah, I think he absolutely should. Um, I'd liken it in many ways to how Wayne Rooney came back to that one uh, England football game against the US and that, that international, which basically existed solely to reward Rooney for his wonderful career. And I think the same should happen to Darren Stevens. He has had an illustrious career. Um, his stats are just you know out in this world, really. And it's crazy that a guy who essentially keeps... You know, every year you think this is last year, this is last year. It's not. He keeps on going. And, you know, he's been a menace for many counties for just so long now. I know it's a bit banter, like he's this old bull fella, just like steaming. He looks crumbling like some, in. Yeah, he looks like someone's like fucking boiler repair man. I don't know. But like he has, <laughs> he is on paper not an athlete in any way. But yet he just has this ineffable quality to just keep mm. delivering really high quality cricket, uh, even at his ripe old age um, he's just a very likeable character as well and I, I think as far as servants to the game the English game of cricket go I, I think he'd be very hard pressed to find one better than Darren Stevens and so yeah honestly I, I think you know his bowling isn't very quick that's obviously the reason why he's not played for England but stats wise you know he genuinely could feel like you know he deserves a game and you know would I pick him in a normal game probably not but in a testimonial game, in a one-off test to commemorate the guy's career, I think why not? Beautifully argued, Darren Stevens to open the bowling against New Zealand in the summer. I Ed, no problem with that? Sorry, no, that's not an unpopular. That's not unpopular. I think just everyone agrees that Darren Stevens should just play Test cricket just once. Like imagine he should once one one match, just one, one match. match, just one match. Like imagine him steaming in against David Warner. Like, what would what would Dave do if they do if they organise an island test? Tim Murta on one side, Darren Stevens on the other. Oh my God. That, that's, it should be a joint testimonial for services to county cricket. Play at Lords. That'd be stunning. Let's it just will be the best game of back. Like, like Ireland Classics versus like MCC yeah. 11. Like, England <laughs> play. England play nine, the nine people that batted with Alistair Cook after Strauss, plus a keeper, <laughs> and Darren Stevens. <laughs> and Darren Stevens still outscores them all. That'll be good. Ed, yours is this. Every county should be twinned with an IPL franchise sharing names, kits, um, and coaches. This is very simple because you know, every county championship team is stuck in the olden days, right? They need to be freshened up. They need new looks, new uniforms. And for a long time, cricket has been played in whites in Rebel Cricket. And why is that? Why? Exactly. Why? Play with a pink ball and have fresh, new, exciting uh, IPL kits. Just imagine the new Punjab Kings kit being played by Glamorgan. It would be a beautiful look. They're striking. They're different. They adds a real, you know, it adds a real edge to this. You know, Middlesex mm. Ronson haven't had. Uh, haven't had a name in the T20. Teams have been going back to their roots. We don't want that. We want the Nottinghamshire Super Kings. We want, you know, the Hampshire... The no that was the best one you could come up with. <laughs> the Nottinghamshire Super Kings, I think, fit perfectly, though, to be honest. Like Dan <laughs> Christian, all of these old lads facing off. That, you know, there's some talent there. You know, the, Worc the Worcestershire... Actually, no, I'm not, I'm not going to use the Mumbai Indians name. That's probably not a good idea, and that might cancel this whole idea. <laughs> The razzmatazz of IPL going to save the county championship is exactly what we need. You backpedaled like, very I quickly win, there. I can't win this because I just realised how bad an idea it is for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Ed, it was going so well. And then to be fair, it all started to go off when you used the word fresh to describe kits, <laughs> which to me was as ECB 100 as it gets. <laughs> hey, kids, do you want some fresh caps that we've got out? Um, so, Charlie, you're going to take the final round. You lose the county championship, but you win the Bob Willis Trophy. Congratulations, 1-0 up in the series. Thank you very much. Wow. What a comeback from 3-0 down. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Jack. I feel like the exact same thing happens every single time we do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same thing. I will lose the first few rounds, and then I'll come back and win. Uh, when you've got a format that works, stick to it. That's what yes, they I, say. What's that? I'm a slow starter. I'm a diver of my hand. I'm a Chris Gell. I'm exactly. Now all of a sudden, I'll go off on What did we say earlier? Don't need to come down the wicket to the first ball. No, you don't. Work take, down the strike. Cash in when the spinners come on. Thank you very much, guys. Episode one of series two. The county championship preview, five rounds into the county championship, is over.